0: Ready to find your next favorite podcast? Start here.
1: Susan Rogers is now a multi-platinum record producer. She's also a professor at the Berklee College of Music and a cognitive neuroscientist. She's been busy. Her new book is This Is What It Sounds Like, which she co-wrote with Ogi Ogas.
2: A rogue economist explores the hidden side of everything. Like this guy's outside the mainstream and he's saying things they don't want you to hear is also like one of the dominant paradigms of the ways that Americans are liable to believe bullshit.
3: Like many of our listeners, I'm sure I knew something about Alibaba and Aladdin a little bit, but no idea what these stories really were and what was really in them.
0: On today's episode, we feature book review podcasts with NPR's book of the day, If Books Could Kill, and the 12th story from the Mercantile Library. Welcome to Start Here from Cincinnati Public Radio. I'm Trip Eldridge. Each week we sample and highlight three podcasts to help you navigate the exploding podcast world and maybe find your next podcast obsession. Plus, get an email summary of each podcast we feature with our weekly Start Here email blast. Just go to wvxu.org slash subscribe and select the Start Here blast email at the bottom of the page. And if you like what you hear, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. A five-star rating will help others find us in the iTunes gallery. With special thanks to Cincinnati Public Radio's Ronnie Salerno and Kevin Reynolds, let's start here. Book reviews have a long history, with some of the best book review publications almost required reading more than the books themselves that get reviewed. So, with that in mind, we're exploring some of the best book review podcasts. And even if you've never read the book, you'll enjoy the podcast about the reviews. We begin with the most efficient and interesting podcast about books, NPR's Book of the Day podcast. A very snackable daily listen in under 15 minutes about good reads and book news. And as NPR describes it, whether you're looking to engage with the big questions of our times or temporarily escape from them, the Book of the Day podcast has authors who will speak to you, all genres, moods, and writing styles included. Here's a sample of the Book of the Day podcast from NPR. Host Robin Young speaks with former Prince producer and now neuroscientist Susan Rogers about her new book that explains why certain songs capture us. The clip starts with Glenn Campbell's immortal Wichita Lineman. And
2: the Wichita Lineman is still on the line. But well,
1: maybe that leaves you cold. Why do some of us adore that song, some don't? Why do some prefer the Rolling Stones to the Beatles? Why have I formed a religion around Joni Mitchell, but sometimes can't remember her lyrics? Well, a new book explores how sweet spots in our brains steer us to different aspects of music. And the author knows a thing or two about this. When Susan Rogers was just 20, she was loving Zeppelin at the Forum in L.A., but she had to leave because her husband kind of resented her love of concerts. Well, right then and there, fist high, she made a vow to the rafters that one day she'd return to the Forum and mix live sound for an amazing band. And she did. She became sound engineer for Prince, in studio and on the road, on hits including Purple Rain. Susan Rogers is now a multi-platinum record producer. She's also a professor at the Berklee College of Music and a cognitive neuroscientist. She's been busy. Her new book is This Is What It Sounds Like, which she co-wrote with Ogi Ogas, who has a Ph.D. in computational neuroscience.
4: Susan Rogers, welcome. Oh, hello! Thank you, Robin. I'm really happy to be on the show. You mentioned Wichita Lineman. Yeah, that song makes me weak in the knees. I know. I love it so much. Okay, well, just talk for two seconds about that. What do you
1: think it is about Wichita Lineman, within the context of what you teach us in the book? I think
4: it's maybe melody more Mm. than it is lyrics. If I looked at the lyrics on the page, I don't think they do for me uh, what some other lyrics do. But for that particular song, oh, that melody just kills me. Well, and for some people, as you point out, it would be the words,
1: it would be the story. They picture a lineman out on a pole and, you know, they're not having the feelings of the melody that are maybe bringing Mm. up other images for them. So let's hear how you
4: think about these sweet spots in our brains. Yes, in this book, Ogi and I talk about seven dimensions of music listening, each one of which can give you a jolt of pleasure. Four of them apply to music, and that is melody, lyrics, rhythm, and timbre. Timbre is sound itself. And the other three are aesthetic dimensions that apply to ballet and opera and movies and television and novels and that would be authenticity which is your perception of where the expressive gestures are coming from and uh, novelty versus familiarity some of us like those groundbreaking works and others like our art to be a little bit more familiar and then the last one is realism versus abstraction some of us like works of art that are grounded in the the real physical world and others like works of art that are a little bit more reflective right. of an imaginary world
0: our first book review podcast feature npr's book of the day podcast get more reviews for the podcast menu at wvxu.org just choose start here Our next podcast is a little twist on book reviews. The podcast, if looks could kill is new and hosted by Michael Hobbs, who started a podcast. We featured a few months back called you're wrong about and co-hosted by Peter Shimshiri of five, four a podcast about the Supreme court. If books could kill centers on book reviews, but the duo focuses specifically on extremely dumb airport books. In the introduction to episode one, which dives deep into the massive bestseller Freakonomics, Michael calls the airport books the super-spreader events of American stupidity, and Peter describes them as natural vessels for pseudoscience and fake history. Every episode focuses on a different book, but let's dig into the debut episode. In this clip, Peter introduces Freakonomics.
2: A rogue economist explores the hidden side of everything— Like this guy's outside the mainstream and he's saying things they don't want you to hear is also like one of the dominant paradigms of the ways that Americans are liable to believe bullshit.
5: (laughs) We're coming off a decade of disaster movies, each of which has one scientist that nobody believes that's trying to get the the truth to the president. People love this shit. They're primed for
2: it. Everybody reading this thinks that they're Pierce Brosnan and Dante's Peak, but they're actually Randy Quaid and Independence Day. (laughs) So... I'm going to send you some paragraphs. The book began with a New York Times magazine article. Okay. Stephen Dubner, who's one of the co-authors of Freakonomics, was at the time a story editor at the New York Times, and he was working on a story about the psychology of money, and that's how he met Stephen Levitt, who's his co-author and this University of Chicago economist. Uh-huh. So the book is co-written by both of them, but it's not kind of clear who wrote what. Right. And there's lots of stuff in the book that is based on Levitt studies, but there's also lots in the book that isn't based on Levitt studies. It's just kind of random. Got it. Got it. So I'm sending you the first five paragraphs of the New York Times story. Oh, boy. This is America's first introduction to the Freakonomics guys and like the Freakonomics way of thinking.
5: The most brilliant young economist in America, the one so deemed at least by a jury of his elders breaks to a stop at a traffic light on Chicago's south side. It is a sunny day in mid-June. An elderly homeless man approaches. He wears a torn jacket, too heavy for the warm day, and a grimy red baseball cap. The economist doesn't lock his doors or inch the car forward, nor does he go scrounging for spare change. He just watches, as if through one-way glass. After a while, the homeless man moves along. He had nice headphones, says (laughs) says the economist. (laughs) Still watching in the rearview mirror? Well, nicer than the ones I have. Otherwise, it doesn't look like he has many assets. Stephen Levitt tends to see things differently than the average person. Differently too than the average economist. What do you think? Is that seeing things differently? Is that I'm I'm pretty sure that staring down a homeless person asking for money and then making a snarky comment about the quality of their like accoutrement? Mm -hmm. is a classic american tradition is that is it not
0: on our book review podcast feature that's the new podcast if books could kill get more from the start here collections page on the podcast menu at wvxu.org for our last book review podcast we of course look to our local creators and one of them is the mercantile library of cincinnati their podcast is The Twelfth Story. It's produced and hosted by the Mercantile Library and started in 2015. Twelve Story episodes features members and friends of the library who host and discuss a wide assortment of books, from Ann Patchett's The Dream House to a group of members who tackle Don Quixote in manageable chunks. Let's sample a recent episode of the Twelfth Story Book Review Podcast featuring a thousand and one Arabian Nights. The episode features mercantile book advisor Hillary Copsey, group leader Joe Hyde, and Xavier University associate professor Stephen Yandel.
3: We have been focused really on the Western canon, um, Western including Russian uh, and, and other, you know, in Spanish as well as American. And we've made it through a lot of the great books that you think of as books you should have read in high school or in college or that you read the Cliff Notes for. And now it's a chance as an adult to dive in. But we hadn't really gone outside of the Western canon and my thought was, there's the whole rest of the world. You know, there are the same foundational books in, in Chinese literature, in Indian literature, and in Middle Eastern literature. And I was thinking, why, why are we ignoring all that? There ought to be something we can read in that world. And then, lo and behold, I read a review in The New Yorker of this new edition that you mentioned, Hillary, and about how Yasmin Seal really brought, because she is both Arabic and French, She brought her expertise to this and a new way, new lyricism to the translation, which I found to be true, by the way, as we read through it. It was wonderfully translated, Um, but also that the uh, illustrations were phenomenal and that it was a new treatment of this. So I thought, why not? Like many of our listeners, I'm sure, I knew something about Alibaba and Aladdin a little bit, but no idea what these stories really were and what was really in them, and so I Picked up the book and looked at it, and it's physically beautiful, uh, and it's huge, so it meets that criteria. Yes, it is. Is it's the kind of thing you're not just going to pick up and read maybe on your own on a weekend, um, and to have have it done in community the way we do here and break it down into pieces and talk about it, I thought would be a, a nice addition and a rounding out maybe of what we've done otherwise in the group.
2: Yeah. So. I was really excited to do this because an author I had liked, uh, I really enjoy her work. Uh, Shannon Chakraborty had recommended it and has her, this these stories, both this translation and the stories in general have inspired her bo- her books that are contemporary literature. I was surprised by how many pieces in the western canon had been inspired by these tales like I guess I should have known that, but I didn't. Um, I'm curious, Steve and Joe, like what surprised you as we dug into these stories? What were you expecting and what did you get? I feel in exactly the same position that Arabian Nights was one of these works, you know, after being a lifelong reader that had just slipped through the cracks. So I was so appreciative. Of course, I'm appreciative both Hillary and Joe to allow me to join this conversation um, but to pick up that book to pick up a book that has uh, had these amazing illustrations um, that Joe and I know are going to stick with us um, and it remind it gave me new ways to appreciate things that are going on in the medieval literature that I study largely in England, um, Ireland, and Scotland. These tales that have these very common tropes, these very common elements that are made to communicate quickly and clearly a set of morals that need to be passed down to the next generation.
0: Wrapping up our feature of book review podcasts, that's the local creators from the Mercantile Library of Cincinnati and their 12-story podcast. Get more from the podcast menu at wvxu.org. Just click on Start Here. To the charts we go, our look at the Apple Podcast Charts to see what's hot across the country, as noted by Chartable.com. Well, in the genre of podcasts that rewatch old TV series, this podcast hit the zeitgeist last week with gusto, thanks to a re-watch of everyone's favorite iconic hit MTV reality TV series, Laguna Beach, The Real Orange County. The Back to the Beach with Kristen and Stephen features the OG cast members Kristen Cavallari and Stephen Coletti as they rewatch episodes for the first time in 18 years. Former sweethearts relive their high school experiences, break down the truth of what happened on and off the camera including which fights were real, which hookups got complicated, and, of course, what really happened in Cabo. That's Back to the Beach, number one on the Apple Podcast charts. To learn more about that podcast and the others we featured today, check out the Start Here email. Just go to wvxu.org slash subscribe, and you'll see the Start Here newsletter. Just check that. Thank you for joining us for Start Here, Cincinnati Public Radio's Discovery Podcast. For more about other podcasts we like, check out the Start Here collection at wvxu.org. It's our new specially curated collection of podcasts we think you might enjoy. Plus, check out the local podcast collection, podcasts created right here in Cincinnati by our local creators. And remember, if you've got a podcast or an episode you'd like to recommend, email us at podcast at wvxu.org. I'm Trip Eldridge for Cincinnati Public Radio, and thank you for choosing to start here.